Welcome to Changes in Latitudes, a Transgender Experience. A 40-something trans woman shares her observations, life stories, and the adventures of her journey through transition and beyond. And now, here she is, your host, Sabrina Miller. Hey, thank you. Thank you. It's so nice to be here. Let's give it up for the band, Tom Beavis and the Projectors. I swear they get better every week. Oh, yeah. Thank you, Tom Beavis and the Projectors. You guys are just absolutely amazing. I so appreciate you being on the show. So before we begin today's episode and get deep into the topic, I would like to say thank you to each and every one of you that has liked the Facebook page so far. Right now, as of this recording, we are at 58 likes. Yay! Thank you, everyone. Thank you, 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 that was 58, but I don't know for a fact, so don't hold me to it. I would also like to say uh, happy weekend, everybody. Um, it seems that since I've uh, launched the uh, uh, the podcast here that uh, Friday seemed to be the day that I'm uh, releasing new episodes. So I guess it's a good way to start the, uh, start the weekend. I hope that you start the weekend off right or queue it up for Monday, whatever you're... Uh, Whatever your uh, mode of listening is, I guess, is the best way to say that. Uh, w- when I started this up, I didn't really think about a specific day of the week to let it drop. Uh, it was just something... Uh, Fridays were arbitrary. I looked at the calendar and I said, okay, let's do it on this Friday. Okay, that means this, that, and the other thing. So, okay, so Fridays it is. And unless something weird happens, which, you know, that happens in life... It's going to be every Friday. So happy weekend, everybody. And uh, the last episode ended up being a lot shorter than I had anticipated. So I, I don't know whether to say I'm sorry or you're welcome. Uh, it just I was just trying to balance out the content. I, I don't know. It's hard to say. Uh, I, the topics just went uh, faster than I expected. I, I, you know, I mean, I planned out what I wanted to say, but it just happened a lot faster than I expected. So so I was in the 20-minute mark or whatever it was. And as of this moment in time, I am so happy to say that I have recorded an interview with my wife, Rebecca. And that one's going to publish really soon, probably in the next couple episodes. I got to go through and listen and, you know, edit it all up together and, you know, improve the sound qualities here and there, etc., etc., etc. So that's going to take a little bit of time. So hopefully in the next couple episodes, I will give you either an update or let you know when the episode drops. (laughs) And one last thing. I am so happy to say that right now, as I'm recording, you can listen to the show on Stitcher Radio, or the Stitcher Radio app is uh, more appropriate. I'm going to try to put some player links into some posts on the Facebook page. I've never really done that before with Stitcher, so um, bear with me if they don't work out, you know, or give me feedback, however, whatever's clever, you know. but yeah, we're on Stitcher. I am waiting for iTunes to approve it. And here's and if you follow the Facebook page, you've you've seen my updates. Here's <laughs> here's the weird thing with iTunes and Stitcher. I submitted them uh, on a Sunday evening, and I submitted to iTunes first because I know that iTunes is really where a lot of people go to get their listening of podcasts done. It's just it seems to be the go-to podcatcher, and there are other ways to do it. Uh, Stitcher radio app is obviously one of them, but you can, if, if the, uh, if the publisher of the podcast puts out the feed URL, you can take that URL and use, well, any podcatcher. 
including iTunes. In fact, you could take the URL, go into iTunes. I think it's the file pull-down menu, and it says subscribe or add a feed or something like that. I I don't know offhand, but um, I've seen it. I've done it a couple times, depending on which version of iTunes you're looking at as well. So um, you can always grab the feed, throw that into iTunes, and boom, you've got the podcast. I'm not too sure about the mobile app for uh, podcasts through uh, Apple and iTunes, but um, and that's because I'm just not a fan of it. I, I just don't like the way it operates. I uh, I have a, I, I'm I'm I don't want to say I'm particular, but I when I take the time to listen to well podcasts or music, uh, I, I I like to do it just in a certain way. I'm kind of quirky that way, and over the last two well three years now iTunes has really jogged the way that podcasts are subscribed to and listened to in their in their pro uh, in their programming both on iTunes and the iPhone and iPods and all that. So so because they've changed up what they've been doing, I it doesn't work with the way I like to listen to things. If you care to find out, send me a message. I'll tell you what I do. I just don't want to waste time on the podcast about how I listen to podcasts. Um, but anyway, I'm not familiar with the uh, podcast app because I don't use it. And I'm not sure if you can put a feed in there or not. I, I would suspect that you can, but then again, maybe not because Apple's weird that way. Uh, whatever. Anyhow, um, I submitted both to Stitcher and iTunes on a Sunday and, uh, I got the, yes, you know, thank you for your submission. We'll be in touch emails from both. And Monday morning I got the, uh, approval from uh uh itunes and actually sunday night i got the approval or well sunday night while i was sleeping it was like two in the morning i got the approval from stitcher so right right away (laughs) bam uh stitcher's got me going Uh, i didn't say anything to the uh, to the crowd because i was i want to try to get itunes involved so i've been you know checking out itunes ever since I got the email from iTunes saying, yay, it's been approved. Look for it in a couple days in the iTunes store. Uh, Here's a link for your show. Um, It should be active in the next, you know, two days or 24 hours or whatever it said. Anyway, that was on Monday. The day of the week I'm recording now is a Thursday. Yeah, iTunes, go home, you're drunk. So I sent an email to iTunes, uh, you know, if you have a concern about your podcast, send an email. So I clicked the link, sent an email saying, you know, well, basically what I just said to you, um, except the fact that when you click on the link that they provided to say, here is your show, it says not available in the U.S. store. So maybe somewhere else out there in the world, you're hearing the show, but for the people that I had originally intended it for, the Americans, because that's where I'm from, can't hear it. So as I say, go home, iTunes, you're drunk. Keep an eye on the Facebook page. I will keep you all updated with what's going on with iTunes, and uh, hopefully we'll get that link going here in the next little bit. All right, moving into the main topic of the show today, and that is the voices in my head, or my voice in general. And uh, this is another one of the episodes I wanted to get out early in the program so I can refer to it, uh, but also so you listening can, because I know a handful of people are probably asking, so why is she not trying to sound more like a girl. Um, well, the, f- the first and foremost thing is I've only been out about six months. I'm mean, out living full-time about six months. And your voice is something that you are constantly developing because of the people around you what you have to say or ask or whatever. I mean, some jobs where there's not a lot of talking going on, a lot of the time those people will talk a lot at home. And the opposite is correct. If there's a job where there's a lot of talking going on, those people really don't like to talk a lot at home. It's just the nature of the beast. It's like the 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 the, the maid who or the the cleaning service usually their home I mean, it's clean but it's not as clean as the places that 
they work to get clean because, you know, you do it all day long. So, you know, maybe instead of cleaning the the uh, uh, the bathroom sink or the bathroom sink counter area every day, maybe you do it every other day. Or instead of after every time you wash your hands or whatever, maybe you only do it once at the end of the day or once in the morning. You know, I mean, whatever routine is because you, you do that all day long. So, of course, you're not going to do it a lot or as much at home. And so a person is always developing their voice, how they speak, what they have to say. And some people do it very actively, proactively. They're very conscious of, of how they sound, what they sound like. Uh, and others don't really care. They just, oh, this is my voice. And I'm sure out of all the, the people that you know or, you know, uh, people you've seen in your life, this what I'm about to say, you have to be a little bit older only to have experienced more people, if that makes sense. Uh, 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 so, somebody in their, you know, late teens, early 20s is not going to have come across the same amount of people or experiences as someone who is, you know, in uh, 10 years older, just 10 years, you know, or 20 years. So this is something that you you have to have lived a little bit. So just to say, you know, late 20s, you know, people in their late 20s, early 30s are really going to understand this. And, and obviously anybody older than that should. Uh, so if you're a younger listener and it doesn't make sense to you, hang on to this thought for 10, 15 years. And hopefully you'll remember and think back and go, oh, that's what she was talking about. This, the easiest way to, to really observe what I'm about to say is people who are um, uh, on the television or radio constantly. And if you go back, I, I'm trying to think of somebody. Uh, the first person that comes to my mind where I know we can go back, we, the collective we, can go back into the internet, search this out, and compare, is Johnny Carson. If you go back to some of his early, early stuff... You're going to hear a very higher-pitched younger man uh, with, uh, you know, maybe not the same bite in his in his jokes versus, you know, some of the last stuff he did on the on the Tonight Show in the last, you know, three, four seasons, you know, somewhere in there. If you compare their voices, you can see how the voice changes, usually uh, for both men and women. Uh, I can't think of a woman star right now or a woman person. Newscasters are another another uh, uh, type of person you can follow, especially if it's a longevity of someone. Uh, you know, Ellen, Oprah. You know those talk shows that are on every day. If you go, if you can dig back into the archives and look at how they are twenty years ago and compare them to today, well, yes, you're going to see a lot of similarities. But if you listen closely, you'll hear certain changes, and that's the body going through its its process um so we're always developing our voice if you're not somebody that really consciously thinks about your voice you just speak and and you just say what you got to say but then there's people that have to think about how they're going to say something before they say it almost like a second language and the same is true with any sort of voice work that a person does to make their voice sound different than it normally would when air comes out of it. And that's true for trans women and actors, performers, uh, the, the, any, anybody that wants to choose to learn how to speak a dialect. You know, you, you're, you're changing the way that you say things. And that's done with, uh, well, a few different things, but... The number one thing is the focal point of the sound or the energy of the sound as it, as it escapes your, 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 your mouth. People go to school for this for years, so I'm trying to condense it into the quickest way that you can understand. Well, I guess the easiest way would probably be to do some, some dialects. I've, uh, part of my background is performing arts and dramatic arts. And so I, I've learned to, well, I've learned to do a lot of different ones, but uh, if you don't use it, you lose it. And so I haven't done many in a while, and, uh, well, I, not a lot of reason to. Let's see, the, well, the, the, the easiest one 
that uh, people are going to really hear a difference would be, um, well, the way I'm speaking now, very standard American, trying to fill the center of my, of my mouth with the sound and hit every consonant and vowel sound so you hear everything clearly that I say. Uh, and where the, uh, the, the easiest would be the British dialect, and where that flips into uh, placement, you might say, is uh, a little bit more forward in the mouth, like it's right behind the back of the bottom teeth. And if you put your vocal placement there, you'll notice that certain sounds start to change when you speak. And so that's one of the ways to affect or change your voice is to move the placement of it. And so the, uh, the, the placement of the sound energy plays a lot on how you sound. Um, you've, here's an example. I'm sure in your life you've heard people that speak with a very nasally voice because it's all pushed through the nose. That's where that sound energy is for that. Uh, other things that affect the sound are um, certain, well, with dialects and accents, uh, certain vowel changes, certain sounds go to different sounds. Um, I, I, if you're interested, Google it. There's a lot of information about that. So Google it. So you've got the energy placement, the vowel and uh, consonant changes that happen depending on which dialect you're talking about, and then the uh, pitch. Uh, because, um, well, there are, there are some people that just speak very f low and very fully from their chest, and that's just how they sound. Uh, news broadcasters and anchors usually speak this way. Or, you know, the white zone is for immediate loading and unloading of passengers only. Please do not park in the white zone. It's, you know, it's a fuller sound. And then you've got people that speak way up here at the top of their pitch, on the, of everything way up high and light and airy, and it just kind of fills it up in the, in, in the, in the head. I'm not even going to speak about falsetto because that's even higher, and I don't have one. I, I, I just, uh, it's one of the things that I've never really worked on develop. So, you know, um, don't really have a falsetto. So pitch is the other main piece of putting together any sounds that come out of your mouth. Um, just to backtrack on uh, dialects and accents, um, other ones that I've done or that I've pra not practiced, but I've kept up over the years. Uh, and it's a short list, I'm sad to say. Um, but, you know, if you don't use it, you lose it. And if you haven't guessed by now, the last, oh, five years-ish have been really tough mentally on me. So usually the last thing I'm thinking about is, um, how do I do uh, whatever dialect again? Uh, the information's available, I just have to look it up and practice. It, you know, it's like playing an instrument. Uh, but, um, I already gave you an example of the British. Uh, well, at least the elevated upper-class British. Um, uh, but, uh, so, the opposite that I could sh show you on this program is the, the Cockney. Um, the difference with the Cockney is that it's a bit more guttural in the throat. And, I mean, it's still got the, the, the vibration behind the front of the teeth, but not as much. It's, it's a bit lower. And I'm sure that someone's going to correct me, because I'm going off of memory, and my memory's not as good as it used to be. So if I'm wrong to all those people out there that are going to look it up and say, Oh, she's wrong. She got it wrong. Well, it's not bad for 20 years in my memory work. That's all I'm going to say about that. So, roughly, that was um, probably a very poor cockney, but... <laughs> I think it explained itself just a moment ago. Um, and then another one that uh, I picked up that has stayed with me for a, a fair amount of time it w was uh, Welsh, uh, the Welsh dialect. 
And there's there's actually a few arguments out there about what is Welsh and what isn't. I don't really want to hear that because um, that's not what this is about. This is just an example of, of sound changes, and it's something that I do. So, there. Now, the thing with uh, most people, uh, when I say people, I mean performers, actors that study dialects, uh, uh, it, using the methods I mentioned, as long as well as the um, IPA, the International Phonetic Alphabet, for it, basically it's uh, characters that that represent sounds that you can mix and match. It, look it up. <laughs> um, most people that work with accents and dialects have a a sentence or two that help throw them into the dialect. And with for me with the Welsh, I um, uh, I need that. <laughs> not, the the British are not as much. I can do it fairly well, just off the knock of the, 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 the drum or the wall or whatever else you'd like to hit, as long as it's not a person. I, I don't hit anyone. No, it's bad. Oh, yes, I don't think they should hit anyone. Hitting is bad, unless you're going to hit your knee when you're dancing to music. That's a good one. So for me to get into the Welsh, it's uh, it's actually a line from a play that um, I did to learn the Welsh. Um, it's called Dancing at Lunasa. If you're interested, look it up. <laughs> um, so I'm going to give you that line right now. <clears throat> You'll never guess what I met on the road from town. A cow with a single horn coming straight at the middle of its forehead. I promise you. Would you lie? Now, the thing with the Welsh is it's got its own rhythm, and there is stresses on certain syllables at certain times, and there's a lot of vowel changes that I have to think about. And it's a very cerebral dialect for me, so that makes it very challenging to talk in a regular pace. But uh, I hope that you can get a better the flavor. Don't ask me where the placement is. I wouldn't know. I just remember kind of as a muscle memory. You know how there's people that play instruments like a piano or a violin or a trumpet? Those people usually, I know I'm talking about the people that only play for a little bit, and usually it's only in college or high school where they play their instrument, and where they get to play one or two good songs really well, and then they forget how to play, they put it away, they pack it up and put it away and never look at it again for five years. And then, after five, ten years, the little munchkin kids are going to look in the closet and find it and pull it out. And when they pull it out, they're going to open it up and the parent is going to say, where did you find it? And the, parent, and the little child is going to say, I found it in the back of the closet. And the parent will look at it and say, oh, I wish you didn't find that because I haven't looked upon that in fifteen years. I wouldn't know how to play that if me life depended on it. And the little child would say, But please, it's your instrument. Play it for me, please, mummy, daddy. Whatever. So the parent picks it up and tries to play. Then after a little bit of practice to get back into it, it's like the muscles remember everything, and you play like you'll never stopped playing in your life. That's what I'm talking about with the Welsh dialect for me. And again, I told you there was going to be arguments if it's going to be real or not. This is what I used in my college final, and I passed with flying colors, I tell you. So there, boyo. So that was, uh, that was a little bit of riffing off the cuff. I just made that up as we went along. I'm actually very impressed with myself. All right, so now there's one last dialect, and this, this, this bit of dialect that I'm going to share with you, dialect accent... Um, is actually a little um, 
nod to some of my old fans that are now listening to this show. So um, thank you for sticking around, being there for me. Um, to the new people listening, short information. <laughs> uh, in, in, my, in my past, through the dramatic arts, uh, I, I fell in love with one particular show uh, titled Groucho, A Life in Review. Uh, the time that that show came into to my knowledge, uh, I had already been a huge fan of all of the Marx Brothers. Well, all four of the Marx Brothers. Not Carl or, or anybody like that. I'm talking about Groucho, Chico, Harpo, and Zeppo Marx. Uh, Google it if you don't know it. Um, classic comedy from the early 1900s through till, uh, well, I know they still play a lot of their, their movies on cable stations and things. So, um, if you haven't seen it, you're missing out on some history, check it out. One of the, the brothers, Groucho, uh, stage name, and that's the character name that he kept all his life, was one of my favorites, the older that I got by my late teens, early twenties, I had really, uh, started to follow Groucho versus um, Harpo and Chico were, were my first original two uh, brothers that I enjoyed. And so I, I had already started to really just start to fall in love with uh, the essence of Groucho because by that time he'd been dead for almost 15 years, about 15 years, I think. Without doing the math, I'm going to say about 15 years, somewhere between 15 and 20 years. And... When that came into my knowledge, it was it was just it was like uh, uh, the stars lining up because I had already really started to develop a, a, an impression of of him. And this show basically takes the audience from his early teens, mid teens, until basically the end of his life, from fifteen years of age to eighty five years of age. And the actor that portrays him uh, plays basically four different. Uh, versions of of the the character of the person Groucho. He's there's there's a young boy, teenager. Then there is the um, the grease paint mustache from the movies of the uh, late twenties, thirties, and forties. Then there is the uh, uh, quiz master from the You Bet Your Life game show from the forties, fifties, uh, early sixties, I believe. And then there is the old man the old age man uh, at the end of the show. And so whatever actor does this show, they essentially have to learn four different versions of Groucho Marx. Now, like I mentioned, the first one is a very young boy, and he's, uh, he's grown up in a tenement on East 93rd, whose father was a tailor, but he was a very bad one. So that's the young boy, the 15-year-old, as best as I can do. Uh, then comes into the one from the movies, the uh, the uh, Captain Sp Jeffrey T. Spaulding, the Hugo uh, Z. Hackenbush, uh, the the grease paint mustache, the the with the bushy eyebrows, that one. Hello, I must be going. I cannot stay. I came to say I must be going. I'm glad I came, but just the same, I must be going. La la. And, you know, I'm going to tell you about that wonderfully mysterious continent known as Africa. Africa is God's country, and he can have it. We left New York drunk and early on that fatal morning of February 2nd, and after six days on the water and three in the boat, we finally arrived at the coast of Africa, where we proceeded 300 miles into the heart of the jungle, and I shot a polar bear. Now, this bear was six foot seven inches in his stocking feet, but he had shoes on at the time. And I'm sure you're wondering what a polar bear was doing in Africa and not in the frozen north. Well, he was a rich bear. He could afford to go away for the winter. You take care of your animals, and I'll take care of mine. From the day we arrived, we led an active life. The first morning saw us up at 6, breakfasted, and back in bed at 6.30. It finally got so, we were back in bed at 7. One morning, I shot an elephant in my pajamas. How he got in my pajamas, I don't know. Then we tried to remove the tusks. The tusks, that's not so easy to say. You try that sometime. Tusks. But they are embedded so firmly we couldn't budge them. Of course, in Alabama, the Tuscaloosa. But that's entirely irrelevant to what I was talking about. We took some pictures of the native girls, but they weren't developed yet. So we're going back again next year. So that was the grease paint mustache from the movies that everybody knows. And next up is the, uh, the quiz master, who's in his 50s. He's a little older, a little slower, but still quick-witted. 
Good evening, good evening, and welcome to You Bet Your Life. Say the secret word and divide $100. It's a common word, something you see every day. Unless you're a little old lady in Pasadena. Well, tonight I'm here to talk to you about, uh, well, I really don't know why I'm here. I just happened to be speaking tonight, and uh, I was told that they wanted to hear Groucho Marx. So, well, here I am. So are we going to play You Bet Your Life or not? Tonight, the secret word is love. All right, everybody gets one question, and that's who's buried in Grant's tomb? General Grant is right! And you win the big question. If east is east and west is west, can you still rhubarb and still make it taste like applesauce? All right, and now, lastly, the last one is the old age. He's 80-something. Thank you. Thank you. I would like to take a small bow for... Papo and Chico. You know, I, uh... I never told my brothers what great guys they were. There's something very special about growing up with four brothers. Something irreplaceable. You know, there's a story about a man who leads a perfect life. No drinking, no swearing... No sinning. Well, eventually, he dies. And he goes to heaven. And uh, St. Peter says, You know, God would like to have dinner with you tonight. So they're sitting down to dinner. And God says, Well, what do you think about the place? And the guy looks down at his plate. And all he has is a... Stalk of celery and a glass of tomato juice. And he looks down, and he can see hell. You can see everywhere from heaven. Even Hoboken. And he looks down, and he sees that they're eating pretty good. They got shish kebab and rack of lamb, baked lobsters, goblets of wine... They're on fire, but they're eating and drinking pretty good. And so he says to God, he says, I don't want to be impertinent, but how come I can look down in hell and see that they're eating pretty good? And I'm sitting here in heaven with a stalk of celery and a glass of tomato juice. And God says to him, Do you know how difficult it is to cook for two people? And with that, I take a small bow. All right, so now that you sat through all that spiel and gave me a chance to to show my voice, uh, the real question is, why don't I speak more, a little more feminine while I'm on the show instead of my voice that I've been speaking very naturally here? Well, that's because um, I'm still just trying to discover what type of voice I want to associate with me. Because I've done all that voice work that I just shown or made you listen to, um, now comes the question is, how do I want to represent myself now vocally? Because I'm still the same person inside. I still have a lot of the same thoughts, feelings, uh, emotions, expressions, etc. And my voice was a big part of that. Um, again, people that listen to my old podcast you'll understand because I, I use that a lot. So now it comes into how do I really want to represent myself because that was so much of me. If someone that is, you know, creative, you know, a guitar player, a painter, a pianist, uh, any, you know, somebody that, that you know, creates something uh, or does something, a surgeon, a doctor, uh, you know, something like that. If, if, if something so tragic happened where they lost an appendage or a finger or something where they, they are now having to relearn how to do what they did before, like a surgeon, if a surgeon lost a thumb, uh, a finger, forefinger, you know, something, they would have to relearn how to do what they did before the accident. Well, a, a barber. A barber, too, a hairstylist. They would have to learn how to rehandle the scissors. 
you know, it'd become a new way to learn how to do what they did before. And that's where I am with my voice. I use my voice so much to express myself that changing it and altering it is really something that I'm just going to have to, in, that's part of the journey with me. That's part of the journey that's going along every day with saying, hey, how are we going to interact today? And it's a lot of work to keep it up here if in this register because that's not a very comfortable register for me. But I understand that it does sound a little more feminine. But really what's comfortable is right around here. This mid-range uh, pace, speaking, volume, tone that I like to use is really what I, where, my, where I enjoy my voice, if that makes any sense. And I don't want to sound like uh, somebody who likes listening to themselves speak. I'm not like that. I mean, anybody who does voice work, a, an announcer, a, a voice actor, anybody like that, to be able to improve themselves, they have to like the sound of their voice to start with. You know? I mean, if a painter didn't like what the canvas was, they wouldn't, you know, not paint. They would just find some other canvas that worked for them, like a wall or a street or a car or something like that, a non-traditional canvas. And that's, you know, you have to like what you're doing so much that it doesn't matter and you do what you need to do. A couple of the things that I fear, you know, without sounding really, really feminine, and it, and it's, it's also just kind of a, a slap uh, at the moment in time that it happens, and that's on the phone to somebody who doesn't know me, or uh, at a drive-through, you know, somewhere where you have to speak over a speaker, you know, a, a gated entrance, you know, something like that. Um, but you know what? I am who I am. And most of the time when people have seen me, like at a drive-thru, you know, okay, sir. As soon as they see me, they're kind of like, oh, uh, oh, you sounded okay. All right. Whatever. Um, and so, you know, those little moments I just, I either avoid, I just, you know, go in or just deal with. I, bottom line, I was hungry. I went to a drive-in. I got my food. I got, I'm going to go home and eat it. I still got the thing done. So what if this person is now telling their friends or whatever, hey, this transgender person came through the drive-thru, you know, good, because they're talking about it more. Because now then they say to their friend, hey, this transgender person, the friend doesn't go, a what? Or they say, oh, yeah, I read an article online about blah, 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 or I saw something, you know, on this and whatever, because it, uh, it's so amazing how much is out there now. Another tidbit of information about me, in my training, I never really thought to or was shown how to speak like a girl. You know, there I know there are a lot of uh, uh, performers or people out there that, uh, you know, they're men, but they can put on a feminine voice and be, you know, totally not recognized. I say bravo to you. I, that, I, I'm looking forward to achieving that. <laughs> Whatever. But I'm not going to kick myself if I keep failing at that or falling behind on that because there are bigger things to worry about in life. Um, it's kind of weird because now I should have asked, I should have pursued, huh, how do you make your voice sound like a woman? But I never thought of it until, you know, I came out. Um, I do know one of the things in my... 20 years of trying to figure myself out, um, I came across, you know, certain YouTube videos or other th things where you heard uh, talk shows, even if it was the Jerry Springer sort of talk show, where they would have a transgendered person out there. Um, their voices sound so, to me, this is only to me, they sounded so disconnected from, from, from them, from who they are, and, and therefore made them sound... Um, almost fake, like a fake voice. Like if somebody was, you know, putting on a fake voice and not meaning it, I don't know how else to describe that. Um, so that was just my thought of, of, of the sounds that I was hearing at the time. And it made me, it bothered me because I didn't want to sound like that. 
you know, if I was going to do that transition, I didn't want to have to sound like that. Um, just one of those things in my head from years ago. Um, I guess, you know, one of the easiest ways to say that it sounded off, it did, sounded weird, is have you ever watched a movie and noticed, or a play, uh, and noticed that certain performers uh, can get can slip in and out of their dialects? Same kind of thing. Same kind of thing when, when I hear... Uh, that that disconnected fake voice. It just doesn't sound right for the for that moment in time. I hope that makes sense. Oh well. Um, bottom line, ultimately, in the big picture of all this, it's practice, 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 practice. So that's what I'm going to be doing. You know, as I go through my life, is just continuing to practice, and that's uh, that's one of the things I wanted with the podcast. It gives me a chance to practice a little bit. And because I listen to it and edit it, I really get a chance to hear it in my head and say, oh, I don't like that. Oh, I do like that. That was good. Listen to that again and and practice more. I guess that's all I have to say on my voice. Oh, wait. No, I lied. I do have some more to say. I totally spaced on this and I don't know why. Um, Hormones. (laughs) A lot of people ask me, well, don't the hormones, when you start those, don't they affect your voice? And no, they don't. Uh, There might be a little bit of change, but no real, real change uh, for for male to female transgender people. Uh, Female to male transgender people, where they're the hormone they take, it being testosterone. uh, Yes, (laughs) yes, yes, yes. It does. It does affect their voice, Um, because. Uh, what happens when when an individual starts hormone replacement treatment, hormone replacement therapy, HRT? They um, essentially go through puberty all over again. Uh, that's the easiest way that it's been determined to describe it to others, to yourself as you're getting ready to start this journey, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And what happens when a, a boy, you know, starts to go through puberty? And there's more testosterone going through his body. The the vocal cords uh, enlarge and uh, lengthen. And so the same thing happens for male to female transgendered people or trans men. Um, and so that's why their voice deepens. But there's not a lot of changes when a girl goes through, a young girl goes through her puberty and there's more estrogen uh, made in her system that, um, there isn't a lot of change vocally. There's a, there's more, there's other, uh, more physical and mental changes than anything else. So that's, whereas with testosterone, there's more, there's mental, but there's more, uh, physical changes. Uh, so that's one of the reasons why hormones won't do anything. It, uh, so basically every transgendered woman that you see that started, after uh, he went through puberty, uh, so basically any trans girl older than, what, 15, 18? <laughs> well, you know, if that's when they started transitioning, uh, is going to have to do voice work. Um, if they transitioned early on, uh, then they probably don't have as much uh, changes to deal with that changes from testosterone that they have to deal with so therefore the hrt regime that they would be on will do will you know affect them differently because they don't they, they their voice hasn't changed their um muscles haven't started developing their the bone structure hadn't started enlarging you know basically and so that's the difference between um, that. But we'll talk about more about hormones when I do an episode on them. I just wanted to give you a brief reason as to um, why HRT won't really change a male to female transgender's voice, like mine, uh, because of just being on hormones. Also, as I briefly just mentioned, it, it, the later in life that you start, where your voice has already been going for you know X amount of years. Um, there's a lot of things to go against, uh, changing it and working on it. And ultimately, as I just mentioned, it's a matter of practice, 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 
But ultimately, it's a matter where the person feels comfortable. And so, you know, I've known a lot of men with very high voices and a lot of women with very deep voices. And so, you know, I'm, it's, this is my voice. This is, uh, this is how I use it. And so this is me. And I'm sure it's going to change over the years. But for now, this is me. Now I don't have anything more to say, and let's get on to the rest of the show. All right, listener feedback. Uh, quickly, I, I did, again, I gave you know, thank yous at the beginning of the program, but um, I do wanted to say how frustrated I am with Facebook because... When someone says, oh, I like this page, this artist, this product, whatever the case may be, the, pa- the fan pages that you go and click like, if you don't also use their little pull-down menu from the like button to say follow or, excuse me, get notifications, you don't see anything I post or hardly ever see anything I post on the Facebook page. That's, that's one thing. So please make sure you click on the get notifications. That way, whenever I post things, and I don't post more than I, uh, four, five, six times in a day, and they usually all happen more in the morning time. Just that seems to be the time I've been doing it this last week. It may change, <laughs> but that's, you know, what it is. So please, you know, click on the get notifications so you can get the notifications. Also, here's the other thing that's messed up about Facebook. So let's say you do that. You click on like, and then once the thing pops up, you click on get notifications. And after you get that, you start seeing all the stuff that I post. But you don't do anything. You don't like it. You don't make a quick comment on it, even if it's just a little smiley face or something. Well, guess what? Facebook says, oh, this person wants to get the notifications, but they don't really want to get the notifications because they're not really liking or commenting on them. So we're not going to clog their timeline news feed with this, only if it's something really important. Well, if you don't see it, how are you going to know it's important? Because the only way Facebook shows that it's important if a lot of people see it. Because if if you've ever been on if you've ever been in, an admin on any of the uh, Facebook pages out there, you kind of know what I'm talking about. There's certain matrix and and uh, calculation things that they offer behind the scenes for the the admins. Well, the more people see your post means the more people will see your post. It'll show up as a suggested thing, or it'll show up that hey, did you know that this friend of yours liked this thing over here? That's because you liked this thing over here. And that's how it shows that it's important is the more likes and things that it gets. So I'm not saying do every single one of them. But I, again, I only post less than 10 a day. At least so far. I don't intend to, to post too many more. Uh, I mean, there may be a day here or there that I post more. There may be a day that I don't post any. Yeah. You know? um, but as long as you click the like button or make a comment, even if it's a simple smiley face or something simple or whatever. Um, or, you know, yay, or whatever the case may be. Um, as long as you do that, then Facebook shows that you do want to see the posts, that you're going to continue to see the posts, and that other people that uh, don't click the get notifications will start to see the posts because you're the one that liked it first. Okay, so what's happening next episode, you might be asking? Well, next episode, I'm going to tell you how I selected my name, Sabrina. And now, as Jimmy Buffett says, if I couldn't laugh, I would just go insane. If we couldn't laugh, we would just go insane. If we weren't all crazy, we would go insane. Stay crazy, everyone. Time for takeout. Wait, what? No, it's the outtakes. Okay, before we get into the topic of the program today, I'd like to thank each and every one of you for that has liked the Facebook page. As of this point right now that I'm recording, 
We are at 57 likes, and I should really look that up. But I don't have a browser open. Okay. All right. Well, let's just stop. I got the email from iTunes saying, yay, it's been approved. Oh, I bumped the mic. If, uh, I'm sure out of all the... Yeah, bumped the mic again. Well, there, I bumped the mic again. Uh, I, I don't want to hear that. Uh, I bumped the mic again. On a uh, cable station. Hit the microphone again. Can you stew rhubarb and it still makes some a finger or bumping the mic again? You wait for the little menu to, to pop up and I hit the mic again. I'm so sorry. You've been listening to Changes in Latitudes, a transgender experience. I'd love to hear from you. So let me know what you think or what you'd like to hear about by emailing me at changesinlatitudespodcast at gmail.com or by leaving a comment on the Facebook page at facebook.com slash changesinlatitudespodcast or at the website changesinlatitudespodcast.blogspot.com Don't forget to subscribe in Stitcher, iTunes, or your favorite podcatcher and please leave us reviews and star ratings. Now wait for it. Here it comes. Disclaimer time. Disclaimer I am not a doctor nor a lawyer, and I certainly do not pretend to be one. I am a trans woman who began her transition later in life. I am here to discuss my life, so I take no responsibility for your decisions based on my personal thoughts and experiences. If you are thinking about transition or are questioning your gender identity, First, please know that you are not alone in your thoughts and questions. Second, please seek the advice of a qualified gender therapist or at the very least a local support group. If you're having difficulty finding a qualified professional in your area, I suggest reaching out to the closest LGBT center near you. And lastly, please remember, always question the source when researching information on the internet. All contents are distributed under a Creative Commons no-derivative license and may be shared freely in their entirety. Any alteration or less-than-complete reproduction requires permission from the host. Copyright 2014 by me, Sabrina Miller. Thanks for listening. All right, hey everybody, it's me after the show. I just put it all together and I'm getting ready to do the behind the scenes stuff of uploading it and getting it queued up for publishing and all those wonderful things and so in the between times of waiting for the per- the episode to finish editing and being done I took a look at iTunes and as of right now right now is October 17th at 3:30 we are listed in iTunes yay